Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. <sighs> the detective came and knocked on the door, and I said, is it Renee? And he just gave me that solemn look. It was the worst day ever. <laughs> The Proof Podcast is back with a new case and a new season. 23 years ago, 18-year-old Renee Ramos went missing. Her body was later found in an empty Home Depot building on the edge of town. I don't think that they arrested the right people. It's about time somebody's trying to do something. She had a black eye about two weeks before she was murdered. They are involved. They definitely had her body and her backpack. You know people are going to judge you, right? Of course. They're judging me now. They've been judging me damn near my whole life. You can listen now to season two of Proof wherever you get your podcasts. And follow along with us as we reinvestigate the murder at the warehouse. I have to ask, did you kill Renee? From my house in Santa Monica and Adam Felber's house in North Hollywood, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, bankruptcy. You got nothing. Your books are bleeding red and you haven't even started reading chapter 13. When you're looking at a problem that hand sanitizer can't solve, what do you do? Bankruptcy lawyer Sanaz Sarah Baroliani will tell us how to go broke without getting broken. Plus, Quarantine Corner, we're here to help as you homeschool your children. Suddenly, to so many American parents, teachers seem way underpaid. I'm Paula Poundstone, the host of this podcast, the woman who always steers us towards conversational insolvency. And now, please welcome the co-host of our show, the man who is making that keyboard rain money notes, Adam Felber. Hello, Paula. <laughs> hey, I love doing your job. I love doing the band's job, although it's really distracting because I was trying to read the script while playing the piano, and it turns out I can't do both at the same time. Oh, darn it. Yeah, it's all Anyways, right. Anyways, <laughs> so Adam fine. is, we're, we're all in our houses, uh, nobody's. Uh, Adam is in his house, and I'm in my house, and uh, Bonnie is at, uh, Bonnie's in a den. Uh, uh, She's like somewhere, a, yeah. the base of a tree. I'm crinkling. Uh, Captain Crinkle is at her house, and Tony Anita Hull is at her house, and Ken Lezetnik. Right. He's listening in. He's, li He's peeping no, in the window. I thought I'd say Ken Lezetnik, and then you would explain where Ken is. Oh, Ken's in his house. Thank you, Adam. Uh, Ken, who is <laughs> never here anyways, uh, is right. in his house. And, and by the way, Adam Felma, uh, uh, I'm not oh, look comfortable. At this. 
I'm not comfortable in Paula Poundstone's house. Oh, well, oh, Mrs. Culpepper, I, I'm sorry I can't see you. I trust you're wearing your ruby sateen dress. I am wearing my ruby sateen dress, but let me just say this, Adam Felber. I want people to know in these difficult... Ah, Mrs. Culpepper, have been through difficult times before. I did I know, not Mrs. Always, Culpepper. I was not always the Mrs. Culpepper of the beautiful red sateen dress you see here today or don't see. But these are trying times, Mrs. Culpepper, and I just want to make sure that you and the captain have all the supplies you need and you're all battened down and safe there in your homes. I'm more comfortable not being near her because she, the, the crinkling sound is difficult uh, to endure. Uh, oh, Bonnie uh, Burns, I'm just, but I'm just, I'm just worried about the health of you and Captain Culpepper because, you know, you're getting on oh, in years and both Culpepper, of you should be very, very careful. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't hear what you said quite correctly because Captain Crinkle has destroyed my ears over the oh, year sorry and a half that. we've been uh, making the show. Uh, yeah, Captain, oh, Adam Felber, Captain Culpepper is no longer with us, sir. Oh, where is he holding up? No, he is not, uh, he is not quarantined. He is simply not alive any longer. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry, Mrs. Culpepper. It's I really shouldn't have brought virus, that up. from the virus, of course. No, no, he passed many, many years ago, uh, Adam Felber, and not from the virus. Uh, no, no, uh, I'm not concerned about the virus in that way at all. Uh, he uh, passed uh, in a different way. Well, I don't need to know how he passed, but I'm glad to it see was, that. Uh, uh, tyrotoxism. Tyrotoxism, oh, uh, which is... Dairy poisoning. Uh, yes, it's a poisoning by, by cheese or other dairy products. And in his case, it was, in fact, a, a cheese. Oh, really? <laughs> well, enough said. Let's move on. It was the goat of the goddam out of Velma. <laughs> okay, Mrs. Culpepper, that's... Just... Fantastic to know. It really is. Um, uh, all right. Well, Paula. I could, you know what? I could be interrupted by cats at any second. Just keep that in mind. All the wires dangling off the equipment that um, that Wendell put together in my bedroom is really intriguing my cats. So my cat Tonks keeps flicking at the wire. Maybe that's why when we were sound testing, you thought I was going in and out. I just assumed it was Captain Crinkle that was interfering with stuff. You know, Adam, I have some happy news. Do you, Paula, please? I could use some I happy do. news now. The pod puppy has been asked to be the ball dog at Wimbledon, I guess because of our connection to Roger Federer. Wow. Anyways, during this period of time, I've been training her every day. And so she'll be a very able uh, ball dog. Um, and, and I've trained her to do other things. She wears gloves. And we've okay. had so much time to train that she's even sewing pussy pillows and doing a lot of my social networking. Wow, that's really impressive. I was unaware that they were hiring ball dogs for Wimbledon. Well, I don't think they ever have before, but apparently there was something about her that just, uh, you know, charmed Roger Federer. Uh, now, Roger Federer... You have said owned that appliance store, in fact, named Fetters, back at our old location on Miranda Street before we moved to our new location at Starburns Media before the plague hit and we went into our homes. <laughs> so, no, uh, no, 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 no. Back up, back up, back up. Roger right. Federer owns the appliance store that's across the street from uh, not the recording studio that we're not recording in now, but the recording right. studio that we're not recording in from before. Um, that's Ray what Wilson I was saying. Studios. Yeah. Yes. No, Roger Federer is there. And that brings me to a really important point about today's show, <laughs> which is that okay. 
the hundredth collar contest is still going. So even in these troubled times, you know, you know, that's interesting, Paula, because I was here to make the announcement tonight that given to what's going on in our world, we are temporarily suspending the hundredth collar contest. Absolutely not. The the hundredth collar contest endures as a shining city on a hill. Uh, so no. uh, if you are the hundredth caller uh, into the the hundredth caller contest, um, you can get any appliance that you want free from Roger Federer's appliance store, and also okay. you get to hang out with Adam after the game. There's no games anymore. <laughs> not, not just all tempor- the games are canceled temporarily. Adam, let's not <laughs> let's not go. Yeah, no, there'll be games again, and then you'll there will be hang someday. out. Oh, of oh, course boy. there'll be games. Don't well, be, I don't hope be not. silly. First time I've ho- I've rooted against sports coming back. <laughs> oh, because you don't want to <laughs> hang out with the hundred caller after. No, you might love hanging out with the. Uh... In fact, Adam, answer the phone. What? It's not ringing, is it? Yes, it's ringing. Answer the phone. I I, I must have a bad connection here because I can't hear any. Fo- it's oh. ringing. Answer the phone. <laughs> Hello. Adam, uh, uh, am I the hundredth caller? Uh, you are not. I, uh, I think you're number it's forty-six. It's me, Cher Eva. I <laughs> okay. knew it. I knew it. I knew, knew I was what? not the hundredth. I knew I was not the hundredth caller. Now, Adam, okay. am, I am just getting a sense that you are not in a studio right now. Is it? Is that correct? <laughs> well, I, I would, I would say that's correct. In that we just said that. I'm calling on the phone. I'm not listening to the show. Adam, um uh, yes. Adam, I'm getting a I'm getting a sense that you're isolated somehow. Is that <laughs> am I right about that? Um, Sherry Eva, where are you calling from? I'm calling from my my dwelling, my my apartment. Which is where? Uh, which is where? Uh uh in uh Berkeley, California. Okay, great. So then, like me, you're under near total lockdown right now. That's not psychic. That's simply being aware of what's happening in the world. You may have a gift. No, that I was don't have a gift. That was unbelievable how you, okay. oh, oh, yeah. my God. Just but trying you know to use what? reasoning. I knew it. I'm not worried. You knew what? Uh, a cat came in the room. I knew <laughs> the cat was going to come in the room. I knew it. I have a cat. Fantastic. Um, and her, her name is Focus. Um, focus. Uh, yeah, you you have a cat. Am I right? Am I right? I do. We have we have talked about I my cat. It. Yes, I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. You have a cat, right? And it's its name is something astral. Something. Uh, yes. Its name is. Uh huh. Uh, Moonbeam. Is it Moonbeam? <laughs> yes, it's Moonbeam. But but Sherima, can I it. can I just say? That that is it. a phenomenon that we paranormal experts refer to as memory. You've been <laughs> no. on this show before, and I told uh, yeah. you what my yes, cat's I name have. was. I have. I knew it. I knew it. Okay. I have been on the show before. <laughs> yes. I felt yeah, that. I, did. Right. I felt that. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, so you have a cat, and uh, yes. it, it, and you are isolated. I'm getting a lot of uh, feelings about this. Um, and yes. uh, I would at this really, moment, I'm wishing I was slightly more isolated than I in fact I am. knew it. I knew it. I knew all right. It. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to call back then because I'd really like to be uh, the hundredth caller. 
Okay. All right. Well, All right. Uh, we'll see if we can make that happen. All right. It was good talking to you, Adam Felber, right? Adam Felber? Yes. I knew it. I knew it. All right. All right. Thank you. I'll Thank you, Sarah you Eva. All right. Well, Paula, it looks like uh, everything is more or less normal then. <laughs> I feel good. Oh, you know. Yeah, I feel pretty good. Yeah. I feel good in this moment. I love doing this show. I love the nobodies. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so it's nice. It's a pleasure to be able to offer this. And by the way, this show is going to be a Rachel special. Uh, you know, Rachel, our listener who complained about how long the shows have gotten. Oh, yeah. What was her name? Tony Anita Hall. What was her real name? Rachel something? Rachel. I'm not using her last name, but Rachel. Oh, we're oh. not using Rachel's oh. name. Yeah, because, you know, because we don't want People acting out towards... People are very angry. We don't want the nobodies. But to review, Rachel was the nobody who wrote in to say that our show was entirely too long and, in fact, was longer than her commute so that she wondered if we could alter our show so that it fit in with her commute and thus her podcast listening schedule. Yeah. And boy, people on Facebook came down on Rachel. Uh, But anyways, today we're honoring Rachel's... uh, Demand. Uh, by the way, Adam. Yes. I have a word. Well, that's a ticket to not honoring Rachel's demand, but go ahead and tell me what your word is, Paula. It's tautology. Tautology. Uh, it's a noun that yeah. means saying the same thing over again in different words, considered a fault of style. And by the way, yeah, Captain Crinkle is the master of the tautology. yeah you know she is good at it although i would say she also pulls like an anti-tautology where she says what she thinks is the same thing and completely isn't no she'll say like do you you know do you have a dollar and i go no and she'll go how about four quarters it's the same ask over and over again just worded slightly different anyways here i'm gonna use it in a sentence go ahead i'm a big fan of this word the president has lied and spoken repeatedly (laughs) <laughs> I see what you're saying. Uh, that's kind of a, a political quip using a logical term. It was a quip. You know, you can't see me because I'm at home, but I got it out of this quip bag here I keep in my room. Um, I'm very excited to add this to my vocabulary song, which is really, by the way, improving my vocabulary. So I want to uh, say, I don't know if it's improving your vocabulary, but your vocabulary song is improving. Thank you very much. I know that wasn't easy for you to say. No, no, I'm, I'm okay with that. I've made Adam, peace with your vocabulary. Adam, answer the phone. Answer the I don't phone. Want to. Oh, no. Go ahead, answer the phone. Come on. Rachel's going to be mad at you. All right, answer, hello. Answer. Hey, Adam, it's me, Mike Bum Bum Bonifant. Who the fuck hey, is Mike, saying? what's up? Her vocabulary song's not getting better. What are you talking what are you talking about? What, you, what do you mean? It's what, getting better. No, it's a, man, it's you improving. You were right the first time. It's not replica bull. It's, it's, she's a nutter. I don't know how you Michael, it, it, it's so replicable that you just quoted it. Oh, I did. Yeah, yeah, you, the replicable part. I, 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 no, I know you've said that before. I like to say stuff you've said, Adam, because you know what, man? I don't say this to a lot of guys. You know what I mean? I don't say this to a lot of okay. guys, but I really right. love you, man. I, I really love you. I, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear you're isolated because. Uh, Are man, you, you not isolated? Me? No, not right now. No. Where are you? I'm at the beach in Florida. <laughs> what? 
Mike, that is the opposite of you can't be on the beach in Florida. That's the opposite of what you're supposed to be doing right now. Nah, man, I'm at the beach in, in Florida. I'm going to let my homies around me and shit. I mean, it's great. It's great. You know, you should go. I'll tell you something. Am I the hundredth caller? No, you're caller number 47, and you're going to kill us all. No, nah, man. No, nah, no. Nah. I, mean, I, I tell you what, I'm going to call you back a little while. How about that? Uh, how and about you, not? You are totally right about the song, man. You're totally right about the vocabulary song. Nobody can remember that vocabulary song. Nobody can. Okay, exactly what I didn't say just there, but okay, I Mike. Say that, I, say, I, say that, I say that with a plum, Adam. With a plum? A plum, man. Not a plum. What? Who the fuck is that says a word that, that you learned from? That's is that a word? Is that a word you learned from the vocabulary song, Mike? Yeah, actually it is. All right. <laughs> um, you know what? Enjoy your time on the beach. Try to kiss a lot of babes, okay? Uh, yeah. Pardon, pardon my loquacity, by the way. I apologize for that. All right. I'll be What's calling you back later. Okay. Talk to you later, Adam. Good, good talking uh, to you. Not really good, Mike. Okay. Wow, Paula, you see? Your, your song is having an effect. Wow. He really... He really has expanded his vocabulary. Um, yeah. All right. Here's the song this week. Ready? You have your Glock? I do. I have my Glockenspiel. You know, in this, uh, during this time, I've been really wailing on the Glock, baby. Ready? Um, I'm going to try to accompany you. Oh, do your best. This week's word is tautology. It's a noun that means saying the same thing over again with different words. Considered a fault of style. See you soon in a little while. Last week's word was temerity. It's a noun that means rasher or presumptuous daring. The week before that, the word was aplomb. It's a noun that means calm self-confidence. Will I ever have that? No chance. Going back before that, the word was vituperative. It's an adjective that means bitter and abusive. What a shitty life you live. Ooh, that would be vituperative. And not long ago, the word was lilliputian. It's an adjective that means very small or unimportant. Also, it's a noun that means very small or important. Very small or unimportant person or thing. Never mind, it doesn't matter. Let's never, let's never forget the limb of free. It's a noun that means confused jumble or medley of things. Hodgepodge, who's podge? Hodgepodge. Adam doesn't think my song is replicable, replicable, replicable. But I do, I do, I do, I do. Boy, Adam, all wow. of our, our rehearsal with you and me <laughs> has really paid off on that song, what, man. What, what's Wait, even got... better, Paula, what's even better is that for our listeners, we don't know how much delay is on the line. So what I was playing might have nothing to do with what you were singing. No, you know, we have spent – Adam and I saw a lot of this coming. And so we've been yeah, practicing we with this uh, – uh, um, Adam hangs out more with Shereva than he likes to confess. Um, but, uh, so we saw this coming and therefore we've been practicing using this setup, uh, and me singing the song and Adam at his place playing the uh, keyboard for quite a while now. And I just, I want to thank you, Adam, because this is really, really paid off with that performance that we just oh, yeah. completed. <laughs> it, was, 
I'm sure that's our next single after your Butterfingers song. It was it was really special. Oh my god, it felt good. It felt good when two yeah, yeah, when two good. when two musical instruments converge <laughs> like that, and you just like, feel like we're one. Like my keyboard and your voice, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. those and, instruments and, are and fucking wailing on the uh, uh, glockenspiel. Right, oh. that instrument too. I was talking about Ooh. the instrument that was your voice, which is a you know a mighty mighty instrument. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you know, in the absence of Jesse Norman. I've had to really, I've had big, <laughs> You've big stepped shoes up. to, we have, I've had big shoes to fill. Yeah. Uh, that's oh not a nice gosh. thing to say about Ms. Norman. What? I forgot to tell you something so important. We're having another online auction. We are? You know what? It's so exciting. And I know that the, the nobodies are going to want to, you know, everybody listening is going to want to get in on the online bidding. Um, okay. Shirley Chisholm, uh, who, as I'm sure you know, in 1968, uh, was the first black woman elected to the United States Congress. And yes. in 1972, uh, she ran for president. And yes. if you listen to the speeches that she made, they are so uplifting. Uh, I highly yeah. recommend it. Uh, and looking and, back, she, she could have done just as well, if not way, way better than George McGovern. Oh, uh, you know what? In the general she election. Was, she was a treasure and, and yet another ship that we stood on the beach and waved while it went by. Um, but uh, anyways, um, she used to ask voters in her speeches to join her on the Chisholm Trail. And I have with me right here a bag of her trail mix. What? It's Yes, I have a bag of Shirley Chisholm trail mix. It's from 1972. Yeah. Sure. It actually belonged to Shirley Chisholm. Um, and the raisins, it has raisins in it, and they're very hard, and the walnuts are very crumbly, but it is the original Shirley Chisholm trail, trail mix <laughs> from Shirley Chisholm. So that's to be expected. Um, of course, it was made no, no. before Ziploc bags, so the bag is just taped together at the top, so it's as fresh as Are we as sure that 1972 expected. was before Ziploc bags? Yes, yes. There were we plastic sandwich bags, and this is in a plastic sandwich bag, but it, it doesn't have the Ziploc. It didn't Ziploc. That is that is correct. Uh, Tony Anita Hall, I would love you to research that as our research department, because um, <laughs> no, I'd be I very surprised if there were no... I went to yeah. school in 1972, and my sandwich was forever falling out of the fucking bag. I'm right. Okay. <laughs> well, that's because possible, they didn't but then zip. again... They just, I'm older than you. They had this little plastic flap that sort of flapped over, but there was I, nothing I know that what a sandwich bag is, Paula. I know what a sandwich no, bag is. It was, uh, I knew it. It was held on <laughs> by, it's a plastic bag from 1972. I, 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 okay. I mentioned that the, uh, the raisins are very hard, and I'm noticing that the M&Ms are smaller uh, back then uh, than they've now because there are M&Ms and there's walnuts and there are very hard raisins and the M&Ms, a lot of the um, candy coating has been uh, chopped off. Oh my God. Oh my God. There's already, What's that? There's already a bid. It's a thousand dollars from Warren Buffett. I can't believe it. He's, you know, Warren Buffett, he's, he's known as the Oracle of Omaha because his business is in uh, Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah. He's one of the most successful investors of all time. He's the chairman and CEO of Berkshire Hathaway, yes. a multinational conglomerate. 
And he clearly is a fan. Did he of- submit his bio along with the bid? No, I just, I know who he is. I met him one oh, time. Did you really? Um, but you know what? I have to tell you something. Yeah, I did. I, in fact, I think I might have played poker with him. I'll have to check that out. You would know, wouldn't you, if you played poker with the richest man in the world? Uh, there was a bunch of guys there. So years ago, when I heard that Buffett was like, you know, the richest man in the world or one of the richest men in the world at that time. Yeah. Um, I thought they meant Jimmy Buffett. Right. And I thought, God, <laughs> he made a ton of money off that cheeseburger. I, I, you know. I would say Margaritaville was a much bigger hit than Cheeseburger in Paradise. <laughs> so you think he became the richest man in the world from Margaritaville? Well, no, I don't think I, they're not the relate. Again, you're you don't want to confuse the two people. Warren Buffett is the richest one of the richest men in the world. Jimmy Buffett is a well-to-do uh, singer, songwriter, lifestyle founder. You don't have to tell me. Uh, Warren Buffett uh, is known as the Oracle of Omaha. He's one of the most successful investors of all time. The chairman and CEO of Berkshire Hathaway, a multinational conglomerate. Whereas Jimmy Buffett, known for such hits as Cheeseburger in Paradise and Margaritaville, has founded sort of a laid-back, beachcombing, Hawaiian shirt-wearing culture who identify themselves as parrot heads. Oh, I didn't realize that. Well, maybe he'll bid. You didn't know about well, the parrot heads? We'll wait. Oh, come on. No, I didn't know about the parrot heads. Well, maybe he'll bid on the Charlie Chisholm trail mix, too. I can only hope. Uh, I, I, I'm really excited about this. You should, uh, it's so, you know, it's just to have an item. So what's Warren's bid? A thousand dollars. I've told you that three times now. He's, he's bid, Warren Buffett has bid a thousand dollars for the okay. Shirley Chisholm trail, trail mix, which was, uh, originally belonged to Shirley Chisholm, who was the, uh, first black congresswoman and also the first uh, black woman to run for president and uh, an inspirational historic figure. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I question the uh, the provenance of that trail mix. And I would point out that for Warren Buffett, bidding $1,000 is probably about equivalent to you or I bidding a fraction of a cent. But it's nice that he made the effort. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's that? Wait, there's another one. There's, an, there's another online bid. This blows Warren Buffett out of the water. This is from uh, Margaret Hazard. Uh, she's a nobody. Oh, nice. A- and she's in Italy. She's bidding $1,005. Take that, Warren Buffett, for the Chisholm <laughs> Trail Mix. Thank you, Margaret. Uh, thank you very much. Well, that That's might so be, great. That is great. That might be too rich for Warren's blood at this point. Well, he started with 1000 and and Margaret's upped yeah. it to 1005 Yeah, he's... He's probably folding up his card table and going home right now. Uh, that is phenomenal. That's so great. Well, uh, congratulations so far to Margaret. And again, deepest apologies to Rachel. Uh, coming up, comedian <laughs> Joey Adams said, bankruptcy is a legal <laughs> proceeding in which you put your money in your pants pocket and give your coat to your creditors. We'll see if that's accurate when lawyer Sana Sara Berigliani explains how bankruptcy really works. That's coming up when we return on Nobody Listens. To Paula Poundstone. (laughs) 
Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh my Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. <laughs> and your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress from my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux, and I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your sleepy time pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. On this day in unremarkable history, E.E. E. Cummings said, you know, my shift key isn't working. And we're back. Hey, Paula Poundstone, 
I'm liking this remote recording. Yeah. Yeah. I got, you know, I got dogs <laughs> and cats all around me. It's good. You, you know what I don't have? I don't have the visual distractions that I'm now realizing that Captain Crinkle does along with her audio distractions. What do you mean? Well, she she walks around the room and passes notes and opens up her bag. And I, I think that maybe some of the time when I'm reacting to sounds, I'm really reacting just to her constant motion as well. Oh, yeah, that could that could be. You know, Adam, I forgot to say to you. Yes. Thank you, house band right. Adam Felber. Yeah, you were supposed to. And I was kind of feeling uh, like a little insecure because I got to be honest with you, Paula. When I'm playing music just for music, I feel pretty secure. But at, this house band job is hard. Yeah, it's a it's a burden. Yeah, it's a little bit like you know, yeah, cat of the week is to a cat. Um, yeah, you know, I wanted to have a lawyer come on the show, Adam, and give us advice about bankruptcy. But let me just say this in my defense: I wanted this long before the stock market crashed. And the same thing, you know, last week we had an expert on the topic of depression, and I have to tell the nobodies, you know, we. We plan the guests like a long time ahead of time um, for scheduling purposes. Right. And so this was not a share Eva moment. I had no idea that any of these topics would be germane in perhaps the way that they are. Uh, you know, I, I hate the idea of sort of rubbing it in further to the listeners. But in fact, I, I understand uh, you're saying that you were thinking about going bankrupt before it was cool. That's exactly right. Okay. And now uh, everybody's jumping in the pool with me. <laughs> they're, they're a bunch of Johnny-come-latelys out there. Yeah, they know nothing of uh, financial devastation. <laughs> well, now they do. Well, let's find out the truth about how bankruptcy works. Sanaz Sarah Bereliani is a graduate of the University of Southern California, where she attended the Marshall School of Business and then earned her Juris Doctorate from Whittier College School of Law with a focus on reorganization and bankruptcy. Ms. Berliani is a certified legal specialist in bankruptcy law who was named one of Southern California's super lawyers in 2019 by Los Angeles Magazine. Please welcome Sanaz Sarah Berliani. Thank you. Thank you so much. I literally flew across the room there to get to the, realizing I had to play the fanfare. That's a, exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Welcome, Sanaz. Welcome. Thank you. That was the best introduction ever. Yes, yeah, Sanaz, I'm so glad you could be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so let me, you know what? Let me just begin by asking you this, because I didn't know this about you, the super lawyer thing. Yeah. Cape or no cape? Cape. Definitely cape. Cape. Good. Definitely. It's a burgundy one, too. You're wearing it right. Are you wearing your cape right now? I had to. I was going to wear it in person with you guys, but I didn't get the chance. Oh, oh, it's a bummer. Next time. Damn it. Yeah. Another loss. Um, all right. Well, let's begin with the basic question. What is bankruptcy? Bankruptcy, the easiest way to describe it is it's a fresh start. It's an opportunity to either reorganize your debts or just discharge your debts. It really depends on can you afford to pay back any portion of your creditors or not? But I look at it as a fresh start, a next chapter. Okay. Oh, that, that makes it sound almost pleasant. Honestly, it is. I think the fear of it or what people think it is is worse than the actual process. I have clients that leave the trustee meeting with me confused because they're like, that's it. It's over. It's painless. And 
I think it's just the thought up to it, the anxiety of what is this is worse than the actual process. So if they walk away and they feel like it wasn't that painful, do you just kick them in the shin and go, how about that? (laughs) (laughs) I could do that too, for sure. (laughs) The ones I really need it, huh? (laughs) Yeah, people like pain. Um, Now, do people declare bankruptcy and then have success? I mean, is it like a, a business tool or a solution? I would call it a business tool. Um, I think that the solution is how you act after the bankruptcy. So if it teaches you a lesson and you change certain aspects of your life, then great. But it's a good tool to get there. So some people need to, you know, uh, let's say they're going through a job loss and they need something to get rid of the junk so they can go on their ways. Or let's say they weren't good at budgeting. They need something to teach them of what's a good way to budget yourself. And these days, bankruptcy provides that. Okay. Now, um, when do I come to you? When, how do I know? Because like, you know, as somebody who works in entertainment, I have job loss all the time. Um, when do I throw in the towel and call you? You can call me anytime you want. I have clients that call me um, (laughs) even a year. (laughs) They call me a year before they're ready to start the process. They're just like, I feel like I need to take care of this somehow. And I may not hear from them for a year or two. And then, you know, they tried different methods of dealing with it. They couldn't, they came back. Hmm. And sometimes they come to me when it's like the day before foreclosure, which is something I don't really recommend, but hey, we got that too. Um, so anytime's fine. Just anytime you think that this isn't working, I feel like I'm going down a hole or I'm scared about my finances. That's the perfect time to talk to an attorney. Now, you mentioned that bankruptcy teaches budgeting. How so? I know it sounds counterintuitive. So in 2005, uh, they changed the bankruptcy rules. So you have to take a debtor's education course before you file, and then a personal finance course after you file. They're really fast. I call it the traffic school of bankruptcy. They're like 45 minutes each, but they go over what things you need to change in your budget. So the test kind of basically looks at it and says, okay, you're spending too much money on utilities and gas, but you're not spending enough on food. So there's financial counselors there that'll talk to you. And then with me, when we're preparing the petition, I go over the budget with them. I talk to them about their finances. Uh, We talk about what changes they should make, uh, what things the court's going to look at to see if, you know, they're being reasonable or not. So there's definitely some counseling that goes along that wasn't there years ago. Oh, that's probably wise. That sounds really nice. Let let me ask you something, Sanaz, because you sound you sound extremely intelligent. And yet you've chosen a line of business with clients who can't pay you. Uh, well, we got to think about it this way. Yeah, you're right. It's people, yeah. that's, it is. It's kind of funny. But the situation is that um, a lot of these people are still paying their creditors when they come to me. So exactly. what I tell them is once you retain me, and that's just as low as maybe $200 as a front deposit, you can stop paying the creditors oh. and we'll start preparing your paperwork. So if they've been paying, I could, start, I could sell some pants. Yeah. So if they've yeah. been paying like 3000 a month to their like minimum payments, then they can easily just right. put a thousand of that, for example, 
towards bankruptcy or otherwise friends or family that are able to help them. Um, there's different options. We definitely try to be reasonable in trying to make it work given obviously they're there because they don't have money. So working in bankruptcy law has not driven you to the brink of bankruptcy. No, you know what? It's actually made me more humble. Um, and I, I want to say I'm more respectful for a lot of people because you see a lot of different things. Of course, you see the shady cases where they come in trying to plan things out, but you also see the family of four living on like $60,000 a year, you know, barely kind of going by, still thankful for that 60,000. But then, and then you look at your own circumstances and you're like, wow, I should really be grateful. There's people much in a much worse position that are still making it barely. In David Copperfield, there's a character that David Copperfield befriends, and he's always going into debtor's prison. Who was it, you guys? I don't know. No idea. Mr. Micawber. Mr. Micawber. You don't know about Mr. Micawber? I've never read David Copperfield. Oh, for God's sakes, you guys. <laughs> um, all right. Well, Sinas. <laughs> Yes. So now, you hung me out to dry on that one, you could have confessed <laughs> that you didn't read David Copperfield. You were just like, oh, no, no, no just, I'll let Adam confess. I was going to piggyback on that one, yeah. <laughs> I cannot believe that you are one of Southern California's super lawyers in 2019, and you have not read David Copperfield. Yes, there's a great character named Mr. Micawber, and he keeps going into debtor's prison. Um, now, let me ask you something. If someone declares bankruptcy, do they have to have a bankruptcy lawyer? Because doesn't that mean it costs more money to go broke? You know, yeah. I mean, they allow individuals to file without attorneys. I really don't recommend it. So there's a lot of things that you do need to do on this petition. Everyone thinks it's a simple petition, but you got to list your assets. You got to protect the assets. If you don't protect the assets, they can liquidate it, use it to pay back your creditors. Mm -hmm. And then the income, the income test that you have to do, it's uh, a little convoluted during the means test. So if you don't do it right, then they can audit your case. They can dismiss your case. So there's a lot of things that can go wrong. So it's safer. They say you get what you pay for. So it's safer just to have an attorney do it especially if you have a house, especially if you're self-employed, if you have something to lose. Mm -hmm. I would definitely do that just to protect yourself. Oh, that's, that's good. That's good advice. All right. Now, let me understand something. Can Poundstone Industries declare bankruptcy and then I just start another company like the Paula Company? You can start another business after your current business files for bankruptcy. But obviously, you know, there's got to be some good faith there. You can't file bankruptcy on this bank on this business and then take the assets of this business and just kind of transfer to the new company without your creditors knowing. So you just have to make sure, you know, they're completely separate. You're starting the new one from scratch and th there's no way that the court's going to look and think that you're trying to outdo the creditors basically. Right. Mm -hmm. Is that how our president did it? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Probably. No, I, 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 honestly, I'm like he's a he's had a bunch of businesses that went bankrupt, and it didn't touch him because he was personally wealthy, and therefore I guess had the uh, collateral to go into into other businesses. Uh, but you know, leaving a steaming pile of ashes behind him is that uh, yeah. 
smart business? I mean, what he did was legitimate in terms of filing a chapter 11 for the business. The business went down and that was that, uh, or a chapter seven. But I, I haven't looked into his bankruptcy filings to know if they were legitimate or not. Okay. But I'm assuming that they were if the U.S. trustee and everything looked into it. But it is possible. You just don't see what he did often like that. I don't think I've seen it. someone file as many times as he has, but it is possible. Wow. So he's really unique in that way. He's special and different. <laughs> yes. Um, would you say, Sanaz, that he's good at bankruptcy? Um, that's a really good question. I think that he's not scared of bankruptcy and he knows what it's to be used for and he knows when to use it. Um, I think that more people need to like him not be scared of bankruptcy. I don't know if necessarily he's good at it, but the fact that he's not scared of it works to his benefit. You know, that's a lot like me with the tomorrow song from Annie. I know when to use it. You're not scared of it. I'm not scared of it. And I know <laughs> when do you use it, Paula? I right like now, every day, tomorrow, tomorrow. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't I'm not scared of it. That's for sure. Um, yeah, because, you know, he he has a natural ability with medicine. And so I'm assuming that his ability with <laughs> bankruptcy is at least somewhat natural. Yeah, I would think. I mean, I think that he's just got a lot of advisors that are kind of puppeteering him and he's gotten lucky so far. OK, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll take that explanation. Now, Ralph Waldo Emerson wrote. It is said that the world is in a state of bankruptcy, that the world owes the world more than the world can pay. Recently, that seems to be pretty accurate. Stay tuned to find out more about how to deal with life when you owe more than you can pay. The cat of the week is Boo from Emporia, Kansas. Hey, Paula. You know, every once in a while, we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of a midsummer night's dream okay and i played i played peter quince there there's the connection one of the mechanicals that's a great connection also yes has nothing to do with this which is that um quince is an online clothing store and as you know paula i've uh, i've lost a little weight lately oh right 75 pounds yeah so i literally have no clothes that are in my size until i just ordered some stuff at quince and i figured like here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself a whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got yes. the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got oh. the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. And these are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger Ooh. and you know i put them on when i came back from new york 
I pulled them on and I, I swear to you, okay, this is not scientific because I was tired already. Right. But they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly, like right as I got them up to my waist, I, I, I think my eyes closed. They're so, it's a softness. It's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that, too. Like, so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And they're European. Keep that in mind. They're oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kind of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. When sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. Nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't <laughs> think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They man. cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. We're back with bankruptcy attorney Sanaz Sarah Barigliani talking about what to do when you go belly up. Now, Sanaz, this is a really kind of interesting time. Obviously, there's a lot of anxiety out there and a lot of people are faced with financial difficulties. What would you tell people during this financial crisis brought on by you know the virus? Should they be running to declare bankruptcy? Should they be calling creditors? What should they do and when should they do it? That's a really great question. It's a really uncertain time right now. And everyone's going to panic and want to just do the first thing they can in order to resolve things. But I think that whatever you need to do will take a little bit of time. I, I mean, yes, because I'm just saying like having you on the air makes me want to ask you to please take me and help me. <laughs> More than happy to. <laughs> More than happy to. But I should wait. But there's a, well, I mean, there's a lot of people that they're going to, I guess, panic. And let's say they'll go online, find the first person without really even screening them and say, okay, here, here's my money, take it and file me. And I think you need to be smart about who you take on to help you with this. There's a lot of document preparers out there that are not certified and are, are not qualified to basically make sure everything is protected and your case is not going to bounce. Uh -huh. So you need to take your time for that. Um, you need to also see what's going to happen. You right. know, are you going to be laid off or, or not working for two months or is this a two-week stint? So that'll make a difference too of whether you need to file or not. So my advice is reach out to the creditors, you know, let them know you've been affected and see what options they have for you. I know, for example, American Express has been great with giving a month or two break on payments. Um, and other, I heard Bank of America is helping out with mortgages. 
So if you can get reprieve for like a month to kind of figure out where you're at and then screen the right attorney for you, then that would be the best game plan. You should definitely file if you need to. Right. But do it right. Don't just panic and choose the first person that comes along. I'm sorry. While you were talking, I found somebody online and filed. <laughs> Was that wrong? I, I'm self-employed and I've been fired. So that's not good. <laughs> wow, Paula, you should have been a better boss to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That you need to reconsider. Treat yourself better, Paula. My boss is an asshole. I've always said it. Well, I have one more question, Sanaz. Mm-hmm. I, is there a difference between chapter seven and chapter 13 other than 13 is further into the book? <laughs> That's a really great question. So, and also yeah. the events of chapter 11 interest me as well. I'll go over all three. So chapter seven is the one that most people want. It's the fresh start. It's the one that takes the least amount of time. You don't pay back any creditors. The whole point of it is to discharge your debts, so your unsecured debts. So, that's the one people jump to. However, you need to be uh, under a certain income or not show disposable income in order to qualify. Second, it's not a safe bankruptcy if you have a lot of equity in your house or you have certain assets or inheritances you need to protect. But if you don't have any of those, great, let's file and discharge your unsecured debt. Okay. Now, if you have assets, like you have a house with equity or you're facing foreclosure and you need to stop a foreclosure and save your house, chapter 13 is the one for you. So chapter 13, you're basically filing and telling the court, don't sell my house, don't take my assets. This is the plan I'm proposing to pay back my debts, uh, either all of it or some of it or even 5% of it. Uh, but don't sell my house, I have a game plan. So those are the two options for consumers. So I, I rent. So can I use my house as an asset? No, if you're renting, then no. This is just if you have a house you purchased and you have a mortgage, that would be considered right. an asset, not an apartment. Okay, but what if the landlord doesn't know? What do you mean? That you're there? <laughs> that I used the house really? as an asset. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Here's the thing, Paula. If, if I'm understanding Sanaz correctly, because I have a mortgage and you don't, I think you get to do chapter seven. You light a match and walk away. Whereas I've got to do chapter 13 where I have to be like, okay, this is, uh, I'm going to have to pay you back. Is that essentially right, Sanaz? More or less, but if your house doesn't have any, <laughs> if your house doesn't have any equity, like you have more debt than the value, you can do a seven too. And Paula, she may well, be well, making- like, uh, Where would I find the equity? Is that near the fuse box? <laughs> it's behind the fuse box. Oh, okay. Okay. That's good then. But like uh, Paula can also be making a lot of money. And so she may show disposable income. So then she may have to do a chapter 13. So she's not. She's not. Okay. Then you're set for a chapter seven. I've met Paula. I've talked to her. She's not. <laughs> she's not. Well, you just okay. fired she's her. She's set for a chapter seven. <laughs> oh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. She's on unemployment. Yeah. Okay. She can do yeah. chapter seven. She's set. Okay. Uh, this now, is not. I was going to just bring up one other point. You mentioned chapter 11. Right. Chapter 11 is like the business bankruptcy. When you want to do, it's like a supersized chapter 13. You want to reorganize your business. You don't want to shut it down, but you want to get rid of some of the junk. So that's good for business owners who just need some help. All right. Well, that was so helpful, Sunaz. Of 
Great. I'm glad. Yeah. Thank you, Sanaz, Sarah Barigliani, for helping us reorganize our conversational debt about bankruptcy. And now we're going to take that information that you just gave us and run it through the old pouncedinator. Paula? House band Adam Felber, uh, if you could give me a little yes, background music. Uh, are you ready? Uh, uh, I will try. Perfect. Sanaz says, you have to be careful about choosing bankruptcy document preparers because they're not all certified nor reputable. Which is great to know, given that I got a guy named Dragon's Blood off the internet. He's not on Los Angeles Magazine's super lawyer list, but he has a lot of tattoos, and the bullet hole in his cheek seems to have healed nicely. Now that I know bankruptcy gives you a budgeting counselor, I almost look forward to it. I hope I get an on-call counselor. I'd like to call at 3 in the morning and say, I'd like to buy a carousel. Can I buy a carousel? It'd really cheer me up. Or just leave the messages all day long. I'm thinking of putting in a pool. Hi, it's me, Paula Poundstone. Look, if I don't buy the Dollhouse Museum, who will keep it alive? Hi, it's me again, Paula Poundstone. Someone just offered me a cruise ship for a song. All right. <laughs> well, she's a certified legal specialist in bankruptcy law who was selected in 2019 as a Southern California super lawyer by Los Angeles Magazine. Thank you for being on our show, Sanaz Sarah Berigliani. Thank you, Sanaz. That was fantastic. Coming up, Quarantine Corner. Be a better homeschool teacher for your kids. We've got a whole plan to help you. That's coming up right after this. Hey, listener, it's Zach Harper, Amin Al-Hassan, and Anthony Mays of Cinephobe. You may be asking yourself, what is Cinephobe? Amin, would you like to fill in the people? Cinephobe is the podcast where Zach and I watch movies that are poorly rated on Rotten Tomatoes and try to ascertain... I'll try to well. ascertain? Yes. Okay. Same. Ascertain. Whether or not they're accurately poorly rated, or maybe they didn't get a fair shake. Cinephobe, produced by this guy, Anthony Mays. Hey, that's me. I produced this show. I also watched the movies, even though that wasn't included in the description, and I also ascertain. <laughs> This month is... Wow! Oh, oh, Maze, why'd you say that? Supercharge it. <laughs> so that this promo can remain evergreen. I feel like explaining a little bit more. In 60 seconds? I don't know. Maybe I don't bring attention to it. Assuring people like, look, if you listen, you're going to get it. Just give it, give it time. That's a good promo. Just listen to it. Give it time. You'll figure it out. Is this the promo right now? Isn't it? Okay, I think we got it. Cinefo. Wherever you get podcasts. <laughs> That was lovely, house band Adam Felber. Oh, thank you very much, Paula. <laughs> oh my gosh, Adam, Adam. What's that? We've had another bid online. We have? Yes, it's from Roberto Ortiz Falagan. I think I'm saying it right. He's a nobody. Roberto you, Ortiz Falagan. Yeah. yeah, thanks, Roberto. Boy, this online auction is really catching on globally. To remind our listeners, people are bidding on the Shirley Chisholm 
trail, trail mix. That is, uh, it's the original bag of trail mix from Shirley Chisholm. And uh, it's in a- It's uh, not a Ziploc bag. It's not a Ziploc bag. It's in a plastic bag, the kind where the, the plastic flip folded over and you were supposed to tuck it under sort of a, a slot. And, and your sandwich always fell out. If you remember, Paula, we had some dispute as to whether Ziploc bags actually existed in that era. And during the break, Tony Anita Hull looked it up, and it turns out that Ziploc bags were, in fact, invented a few years before that, but were mass-marketed by the Ziploc uh, company first, kind of during Shirley's 1972 campaign. That's all well and good, Adam, but this is not (laughs) in a Ziploc bag. (laughs) I'm just saying that if Shirley Chisholm was indeed such a forward-looking candidate, why wouldn't she have gone with the newest, hottest, modern convenience known as a Ziploc bag? Because I don't think she, uh, I, I don't think she wasted money. <laughs> she, what she did was oh, that's right. she this was bag, frugal, this, frugal woman. This, I think she probably was frugal. This this bag probably. is taped at the top, which is what's kept. Oh. the M and M's are in there. A lot of the candy outer coating has chipped off. Well, that would be erosion. The cashew nuts are a little bit broken up. Okay. And the raisins are hard as rocks. But that's not the important point. The important but point the, is. No, because it's a historical artifact. History. You don't want to eat this. That's exactly correct. Yes. It would be like coloring over the Mona Lisa. It's not, you know, that's not what so it's for. Whether you're Warren Buffett or our new bidder, our new high bidder. Roberto Ortiz Falligan. Exactly. I don't think they will. Clearly, <laughs> these guys are bidding because they're, oh, my God, Warren Buffett has another bid of $2,000. Oh, my God. This is really That's an auction it? now. Yeah. You know, he's known for spotting know, value. Hold on a second. I just got to take a second to say, Warren Buffett, what the fuck? Are, are, you, are you just messing with us? He didn't win. He just bid. He bid, you know, and the bidding yeah, he, is open he, until the end of the show, you guys, or, or until at least we read the credits. The, the bidding is still open. So please, I don't think we should let Warren Buffett have it, but it's $2,000. That's where the bid is at right now for the Shirley Chisholm trail mix. I just feel like Warren Warren Buffett's messing with us, Paula. Oh, that Warren Buffett is? Yeah, because he could, he could easily. You know what? I might have read that wrong. I, you know what? what you I mean? made a terrible mistake. That's Jimmy Buffett. Okay. Jimmy Buffett has oh. another bid. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I was that, hoping uh, he'd yeah. bid. Yeah, he's oh, up to, better. okay. So, but better. the bid nonetheless is $2,000. But what's great is that we've got Buffett on Buffett auction warfare now. Yeah, I'm loving seeing that. Although, frankly, I'm really hoping a nobody uh, wins the uh, Shirley Trism trail trail mix i agree because i i would imagine that like jimmy buffett might even try to eat that stuff um well you know, you know- <laughs> unless he's unless he's been in rehab since margaritaville he's likely to just kind of munch on that absently <laughs> i think the parrot heads do like nuts but the important thing they do is that is that, is that <laughs> this is in a, a plastic sandwich bag not a ziploc bag and it is taped at the top which is probably why it's managed to stay, you know, as together as it has. Uh, uh, anyways, hey, wait a well, minute. That, that Shirley Chisholm was nothing if not forward looking. I think, Adam, could you play a little uh, a little music uh, to begin our quarantine corner section? Could you give us a little social distancing music? Oh, sure. 
Yes, there you go. <laughs> Thank you. It's time. It's time, ladies and gentlemen. It's time, nobody's, for uh, Quarantine Corner. Thank you. We know that schools are closed and parents have been pressed into duty as teachers, should they so choose. So this week on Quarantine Corner, we are offering our own class for eighth grade science students. Uh, oh, yes. Each of us are going to tell you something we remember from eighth grade science. I will begin. And when you say each of us, <laughs> who do you mean? I mean the crack staff. I mean myself and, and, Me and you, you. Ad yeah. Adam Felber, and Tony right. Anita Hall is on the line, and uh, Captain Crinkle. Uh, Wait. Who? <laughs> thank you, Captain Crinkle. Who, let's face it, probably didn't hear a word that was said in science class. But let, uh, yeah, I'll I was going to question the wisdom of opening up the microphones to Crap and Crinkle, especially during these trying times. I think what we all need is a little less Captain Crinkle. <laughs> no, Adam, this is the time where we need to pull together and uh, and where we're comforted okay. by, by things that we're used to. And everyone's used to Captain okay. Crinkle. She's beloved. Uh, okay, that's true. I mean, you're right. You're right. Here we go. Here's what we learned in eighth grade science, Paula. And, and, uh, and Tony did a whole is beloved. I, 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 so, I so miss being near her. It's very difficult being here in Paula Poundstone's house. A, a cat just licked me. I'm not enjoying that very much at all. <laughs> Mrs. Culpepper, I got to tell you something. Can I tell you something, Mrs. Culpepper? Well, yes, I'm a little Fulba. worried that, you, that your affinity for Tony Anita Hull is getting. Uh, it's becoming a little much. I'm a little worried. Oh, oh no, she's like a daughter to me, uh, Adam Felber. She's like the, the the daughter I never had. I was worried sick about her when she was being keelhauled on that cruise. I, I was worried sick. Yeah, she wasn't really being killed, Hall. I don't think, but she no, was she on was. a cruise, saw, which was no. I saw her. She put the picture up on social networking. Yes, she did. It was it was on social right, networking? Right, right. I saw it. All right, here's what I remember from eighth grade science. When you're measuring a liquid in a graduated cylinder, you have to measure the meniscus is that curve that the liquid has. Now you have to put your eyes parallel with the bottom of the curve. You know, so you leave the you leave the graduated cylinder on the table and then you lower yourself so that your eyes are parallel with where you're measuring. Right. And you're going to, the, the meniscus is that curve. You don't want to measure the part of the liquid that clings to the side of the graduated cylinder. Um, you want to measure. That's the bottom of the curve? You Yeah. The center bottom of the curve. That is correct. Okay. That's great. That's the meniscus, everybody. Meniscus. That is the meniscus. And the other thing uh, that I remember from eighth grade science is that Jane McKinnon did not want me in her group. Really? Why not? Yeah. Uh, I, I think um, I, I think I tended to distract. Really? Oh, let's not stickle over it. Uh, yes. Okay, Adam. <laughs> All right. Eighth grade science is where we learned the scientific method, which is that you have a hypothesis and then set up an experiment, and then you run the experiment and see if your hypothesis is correct. I also learned okay, that wait, comedy back up, back will up. what we're we're talking to eighth yeah. grade science students, and you just said we learned the hypothesis. What is a hypothesis? I think the second part of my stuff is more important, but a hypothesis is when you have an idea, like the idea is. 
that um, Captain Crinkle on average generates 50 decibels of noise per hour, you know, uh, <laughs> per hour, you know, uh -huh. and then you, what you would do after you've gotten a hypothesis, is you'd say, all right, so what's going to be my methodology? What you have to design an experiment to test your hypothesis. And so I would, I would put Captain Crinkle hooked up to a microphone over a several hour period and start averaging my results. And then that's the experimentation period. And then mm -hmm. I would look at my data and provide analysis. Does Captain Crinkle make as much noise as I had previously thought she did? That's the scientific method. People. Oh, I don't think she does. Really? All right. Speaking of noise, hold on. I'm opening a soda. There we go. That's a good sound effect. Okay, so that's the scientific method. But the real thing that was important that I learned in eighth grade science was that comedy will find you. And by that, I mean that uh, uh, my teacher, Mr. Iannotti, was a little man, uh, very fastidious, and he was somewhat famous for accidentally lighting his tie on fire while um, <laughs> demonstrating the Bunsen burner to the point where the year before me, the, the, the students um, somewhat sardonically donated a bow tie for him which, you know, in, to, to do the next year when he demonstrated the Bunsen burner. And in fact, he did show up in a bow tie that day laughing about how it had happened before. And swear to God, while he was demonstrating the Bunsen burner, he accidentally <laughs> set the flame way too high and lit his bow tie on fire. Wow. What a great memory that is. And literally had to beat his neck to to uh, to put it out. And at that moment was a little too um, <laughs> humiliated to really laugh about it. But I'm sure down the road he he found a way. And if Mr. Iannotti, if you're out there, that was fucking hilarious. That's what I learned in eighth grade science. All right. Thank you, Adam Felber. Uh, Captain Crinkle. <laughs> no. Captain Crinkle, what do you remember from eighth grade science? Well, I was going to talk about earthquake faults, you know, the faults. Go ahead. Do it. Don't get distracted. That Paula reminded me of the things that I remembered most in eighth grade science, which were the stools with the gray metal legs and the little wooden round seats that we sat <laughs> on. <laughs> we could look around at the guys and write little notes to one another, the girls. Aww. What do you mean you could look around at the guys? You couldn't look around well, at the guys in other chairs? The stools allows you to see guys? We were sitting on stools. I don't know why it made it easier to see guys and send notes. And then we had little right. gum wrappers. Yeah, I don't think it did. That we made chains out okay, of. Okay, buddy, I, I, I need to cut you off. Because I remember that. you had something to say. You had something to say, and it was probably going to make sense. And okay. instead, you let Paula distract you. This is exactly why Jane McKinnon didn't want me in her group. <laughs> yeah. Funny, I'm going to ask you a couple of things. Number one, it sounds like you accidentally swallowed your microphone. Number two, um, go back to the thing that you were going to tell us that you learned in eighth grade science. A fault. I learned about faults, which is a crack or fracture in the earth. Oh, I thought it was going to be that everyone kept blaming you for stuff. No. <laughs> well, I would. <laughs> See, the fault thing is very succinct. Okay, well, there you go. And then what happens is... <laughs> and then what, what happens is... What, what's what happens, Bonnie? No, pressure builds up, right, from stress, from the crack. Don't I know. And then that creates an earthquake. Well, thank that's, you very much. That was very succinct. very close to correct, yes. Wow. Okay. She was able to take that in and remember it while looking at guys on this special chair 
And I'm guessing, Bonnie, is it, were you staring at their butts? Is that it? It was so much easier because, you know, it's freer. Come on. I can't be the only one. No, you know why? Why? <laughs> it, was, it was the precursor to bar stools. Oh, yeah. Okay. Do you want to know what the biggest fault is in America? Yes. The San Andreas? You Trump. are wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. Get uh, I know what the, so the biggest fault in America. Wait, I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess. What, Paula? The fucking fault. Because <laughs> when you say to somebody, when you say to someone, it's your fucking fault. And it's the biggest fault in America. That's the fucking fault is the biggest one. I think you one. might be right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, the fucking no. fault. Is that correct, Bonnie? No, it's not correct, Adam. Uh, well, what is correct? Okay. She's going to make me new, ask her. No, it's the New Madrid seismic zone, which is, I have to read it to you to make sure I get it right. It's in the southern. You didn't fucking remember. No, it's in the southern and midwestern United States, stretching to the southwest from New Madrid, Missouri. You didn't remember All that right, from eighth grade science. Those, no, I had to look that exactly, part up. Exactly, Paula. This <laughs> is my point. We're talking about what we learned in eighth grade, and Bonnie decided to get on the internet, probably while we were talking just now, and Google a fun fact. Yeah, that's because not I, honestly, Bonnie. I thought it would be Bonnie, I want you to take a second right now and apologize to Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> you owe Rachel a fucking apology. Who do I yeah, owe you... an apology to? Rachel, Rachel. Our listener. Why do I owe her an apology? Oh, because I just... Because <laughs> you wasted a lot of our time. Paula, Paula, please roll this forward to Tony Anita Hall. Uh, all right. Uh, Bonnie, I just want to say one thing. If we go long, it's your fucking fault. All right. Uh. <laughs> okay. Tony Anita Hall, what do you remember? See, Tony, Tony is the closest to eighth grade. Tony, what do you remember from eighth grade science? Last year. <laughs> Cute. Um, the human heart has uh, four chambers, left and right atrium and a left and right ventricle. Wow. <laughs> We weren't even allowed to talk I, about that in the eighth grade. No, that was considered obscene where you grew up. Now, what's the difference between an atrium and an oracle? Are those just the same names for a different thing? No, the atrium is the big section in the um, Nashville Conference Center with all the plants. Right. Right. And the oracle is a software company. Yeah. Okay. I think we got that. Yeah. All right, well, then we're all there. Well, you guys, thank you so much. This is going to be of so much value to eighth grade science students. Uh, you know, you can probably take the rest of the week off, I would think, from that subject, because we've think really given you- Whatever your parents say, no science for you eighth graders, you've got it. And and everybody, we're here to help. Let us know what class we can help teach your children de during these trying times. Email us at nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. And speaking of hotel soap, Paula, you're not going to be on the road. I'm not. So I guess that part of your job, which <laughs> I guess that part of your job, which you hate, is over so we can move on. But Adam, my store is yes. open. The store is open. That's right. And it's right. not yet bankrupt. It's right there at paulapoundstone.com. 
It has my Butterfinger single, not my Butterfinger, and the ringtone, which is also available for download on my new website, <laughs> hollowpoundstone.com, as well as the Pussy Pillows and my remarkably soft Tri-Poly Blend t-shirts with the self-portrait on the left breast and the memorable quote on the back. You can find those there too. You know what I think is just so ironic? If somebody had written it in a movie, people go, well, that's not believable. What's that? Finally, we got the website up. It is up. And some one of our listeners immediately ordered a pussy pillow, got it, and posted a video of her cat enjoying it on Twitter. Oh, isn't that nice? Yeah, I love that. It is nice. Yeah. But another miracle happened, Paula. There was another miracle? Do you know the other miracle? No. Oh, there was another miracle. One of our listeners, one of the nobodies who had ordered a pussy pillow, um, uh, approached me on Twitter and said, now, where do I go to get the Felber's feline fun bags? (laughs) Now, if you remember, Paula Poundstone's pussy pillows, this catnip toy, comes with a grommet that you can tie a string to. But Paula does not include the string, which I thought was kind of cheaping out on our listeners. So I somewhat waggishly offered that I would, if you sent it to me, sign your Poundstone's pussy pillow, tie a string to the grommet, and send it back to you in its new incarnation as Felber's feline fun bags. And for the first time, we have a customer who wants to know how to do that. It was Bonnie. Bonnie wrote to you and asked. (laughs) No, it wasn't. It was, too. It was Captain Crinkle. Adam, Adam. Adam, answer the phone. What? 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 I answer don't want to. Oh. Answer the phone. Okay. Hello. Hi, Adam. It's me, Miss Nancy, the first grade teacher from Fairbanks Elementary School. I hope I'm the hundredth caller because I have been giving online instruction to my students and I have been drinking a lot of coffee, which I normally can't do because Russell, one of my students, doesn't sit down and work long enough for me to make it to the teacher's lounge for a cuppa when we are able to give instruction in the actual school building. But since I have been giving my students the online instruction, Russell is his mother's problem, frankly, and I have been able to drink a good deal of coffee. I'm hoping that I'm able to win any free appliance from Roger Federer's appliance store because I know a lot of celebrities (laughs) hang out there. And I would really like to meet Tom Hanks. He seems so calm. I think he would be a good influence on Russell, my student, who I love, but is a little spring butt, quite frankly. But more importantly, I am really hoping I can get a coffee maker at Roger Federer's because we will be back in the classroom at some point. And by that time, I'm afraid just one coffee maker in the teacher's lounge will not be enough. So am I the hundredth caller? You are not. You're number 48, (laughs) Miss Nancy. Um... Oh, Oh, I'm going to call you back then. Okay. I'm going to call back. Thanks for taking my call, Adam. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Miss Nancy. Uh, wow. That that woman is an inspiration, right, Paula? <laughs> well, she's been posting her um, online instruction sessions up on the internet, and they are really- Yeah, and I want to tell people that if you want to see them, you can visit uh, Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone on our Facebook page or on uh, Paula's website. And see some of uh, Miss Nancy's uh, daily instruction to the kids. It's very—it's really helped my kids a lot. Oh yeah, no, she's one hell of a teacher. And she's um, really good. Oh my God, Adam, Adam. Yes. Uh, there's another. There's another bid on their online auction uh, for uh, this one is from Claire Milstead, um, uh, another nobody. Uh, she's bid two thousand ten dollars. Thank you, Claire. Claire must know what an inspirational woman Shirley Chisholm was. Um, and, 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 you know, 
again, you should go online and, and watch some of her uh, speeches. Uh, one of the things that she once said was, um, service is the rent we pay for the privilege of living on this earth. Uh, uh, and Claire Milstead, oh, obviously wow. an admirer of Shirley Chisholm and wants to uh, bid $2,010 on the Shirley Chisholm trail trail mix, which was the original trail mix that we got from Shirley Chisholm. Well, thank you so much, Claire. Uh, wow. That's really great. Yeah, that's a wow. Yeah. That auction is going really well. It's unbelievable. Um, I mean, all right. oh my God. Guess what? What? Another, another. What? I, I know it's it's only open. I, I, wait a minute. Wait. Let me try. Wait, let me stop there for a second and see. Um, okay. Where are, are we? Are you looking at the auction, our online auction? I'm trying to look at the online auction, but uh, are, are we, is the show done? The show, no, <laughs> uh, no. I was just looking for a moment to get a word in. We're going to take a quick oh, break are. and then finish the show. Well, what do you want right? to say? I want to say we'll be back right after this. <laughs> Fun fact, the hashtag symbol is technically called an octothorpe, which is Latin for eight likes. All right, we're back, Paula. <laughs> All right. <laughs> wow, we are running this show like a, like a well-oiled machine. You know, I know a lot of shows have had to go to different methods to tape and to make their shows work. It's as if our show right. was made for this. Yeah, it really is because um, the enhanced lack of focus and uh, personal connection doesn't affect us at all. No, I was pulling ticks <laughs> off my dog there for a few minutes and, and you never even yeah. seemed to notice. I didn't. Um, I didn't. Well, um, everybody, uh, Rachel, let's ask, reach out to Rachel. Was that one short enough for you? Oh, Rachel is really going to appreciate this. <laughs> yes, she really is. Once again, everybody, our email address is nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. And feel free to write into us right now for anything you need. We'll do our best. And you can find me and Adam on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can find my remarkably soft Tri Bolly Blend t shirt with a self portrait on the left breast and a memorable quote on the back at paulapoundstone.com. Oh my God. The, the auction is going to be up in just a minute here. Uh, we're, we're to the countdown. Okay. Uh, let me just check. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Margaret, what is it? What is it? Margaret Hazard, uh, the nobody who's in Italy, is back with another bid just in the nick of time. Clearly a fan of Congresswoman Chisholm, who, by the way, represented Brooklyn's 12th district. And as a freshman congresswoman, they tried to sideline her by putting her on the Agriculture Committee. And she said, apparently all they know here in Washington about Brooklyn is that a tree grew in it. <laughs> that, that was a great? good one. I would, I, would, yeah. I would share a bag of trail mix with that lady any day. Yeah. You know, one of the speeches online, uh, she does say that. What, what a pistol this woman was. Uh, and Margaret uh, has bid a whopping $2,011 for the win for the Chisholm Trail Trail Mix. Um, I just realized right. that the white... I just realized that the white things in here are actually chocolate chips that have tarnished. Uh, anyways, congratulations, <laughs> okay. Margaret. Not for eating. 
Yeah. Well, that's our show, everybody. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam the Felber. Produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezevnik, and Tony Hull. Mixing by Michael Hoagie. Special thanks to tonight's house band, Adam Felber. <laughs> and thanks to our guest, Sanaz Sarah Berliani. Starburns production by Landromo. Technical direction by Jessica Gutierrez. Transcription services for the show provided by Transcribe Me. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive the lowest prices and expedited services. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? Oh, there we are. Yeah. You know, Adam, uh, I started digging a hole in the backyard today. Are you burying someone? No, I'm just digging a hole. Oh. I just... Just digging a hole. Huh. Yeah, I'm just gonna dig as far as I can. All right, well, uh, maybe you can record from the hole next week. You know, I sounded like I was recording from the hole this week. I'm just gonna keep digging. <laughs> keep digging, Paula. I'm putting a keep digging. I'm putting a studio in my backyard. Just keep digging. Starbanks Avenue, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.